All right, I got 15 minutes in already, but I think I lost all that good material. 15 minutes. So maybe that was the pre-show edit. I was interrupted by a phone call, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I don't know how to use Anchor. So I took the phone call and uh, going from there. So I got to get home in about 20 minutes. Come on, bud. So I was talking about... Um, well, it's, it's a morning podcast. It's 83 degrees, 68% humidity, which brings us a dew point of 73, which is humid, sticky, walking the dog. And I was talking about how some people um, are arguing about women leadership in the church on Twitter and authority, like a woman shouldn't have authority over men. It's this concept. It's probably a quote from some... First Timothy or something biblical thing and I'm getting into the theory of the Bible and the culture and the times and scriptures not being available until 1500 that a lot of you know Paul wrote these things at a time and a culture he a couple a whole bunch of stuff he thought the world was flat you know and no one knew the world was round so you, you got to go all the way up to the 1500s and then they started printing Bibles in German right Martin Luther and then everybody else did it English Tyndale so now the scriptures are available to people. So this authority concept I'm challenging, saying, well, authority is like, well, what does that mean? You know, I mean, it used to be the Roman Catholic Church would use that in the 1400s. And then they would say, Jan Hus in the Czech Republic, let's burn him because he's teaching something that we don't agree with. And more than likely, Jan Hus would have pulled people out of the congregations and Prague to his own following or something and the, the church powers that be with a th quote unquote authority didn't like that so it's all the flesh it's all the you know the church doesn't realize how much flesh they have they don't really walk in the spirit they, they use the words but when it comes down to it it's self-preservation and so forth and then I wrote in my journal this morning that essentially these and maybe not Twitter I don't know Essentially, it's these organized religions are self-preserving organizations. So they love the authority. They love the authority of men. Right now, they're battling with women. And I question, like, well, what does it mean for even a man to have authority over other men? You know, and so they think about the church and the organization. Probably most of these Twitter folks are working, workers, pastors. They, they get their income from the church. And so they're all, to me, I call that a, what is that, uh, the confusion, their, their, their influence. They have their own self-interest at heart. You know, it's like if you say like, well, just if we don't need you, then they'd be like, whoa, wait a minute. So I'm basically saying like, well, what, what's an example of authority that a pastor has over his congregation that is of significance? Because I see like, well, what do they do? They choose like, well, what's the theme of the, the next three-week series or four-week series that we teach in church, you know? And what's the VBS theme for the summer? Who are we going to appoint as the committee for, committee for children's church and blah, blah, blah. So that's the authority. But, you know, is that all that super significant? In some ways it is, sure. But it, it's not if they were focused on, you know, we, I take, I do occasionally think of the goodness of it and say like, well, those people are probably gifted in doing that and leading worship and stuff. So great. It all lines up with the with the uh, scriptural concept of gifts and people doing what they're 
they're really good at, and that's great. But I, you know, authority of of the elders and the pastor, I don't get. I don't know. I question the validity of that. Come on, bud. We got to go. So it's a bit hot for Bud. He's struggling to get moving. Um, so I just asked for what do you, what is the authority? And then it goes to church discipline right away. It's almost predictable. Oh yeah, well you got to have church discipline. And I'm like, well, what's a you know example of church discipline? You know, it's usually like some guys having an affair with a woman, and they tell them to knock it off, and then they get divorced, and then the guy leaves the church, whatever. Sad story, right? But I'm like 57 now, so I've kind of seen this. If you're 25, you think it's like impossible that that could ever happen. And so I look at it and say, well, oh, you have the authority to tell the guy to knock it off. Well, that's fine. But where were you like 20 years earlier, you know, in in the family's life and uh, helping them not get to that point? And by that, I'm, I'm saying there was was more like asking these families to be worker bees within the church so their authority was like oh come on wednesday night and teach these other kids and so they wrap up these people into being volunteers for this church organization and what do they get out of it i mean what do they, i mean not that they need to get something out of it they're the value is not it's got to be in the relationships strong family relationships strong encouragement so that people will go through life's challenges together but instead they usually just like you know there's this like go to the church go serve as a Sunday school teacher and everything's wonderful in your life there's just this assumption that everybody's quote-unquote home life is fine and even if the both the husband and wife are serving in different capacities or same capacity as a teacher or something oh they're just a wonderful couple but then oh lo and behold there's no real deep interpersonal relationships between people so they end up splitting apart and then the church authority comes in and says hey you got to stop doing this and we're just you know by by force we're gonna tell you not to do something whatever and so it doesn't work people get divorced they leave and that's unfortunately a reality but and then then to say like well church discipline is good i say that's an example of church Discipline authority is bad because they they claim to have this authority, but where was the authority being used in building up the family the last 20 years? You know, so they don't want to take any responsibility of their authority then. So for 20 years they don't want to take any responsibility for their authority, but all of a sudden at the end of 20 years when things are in a real stressful, difficult time. Now all of a sudden they want to say, "Oh well, we got authority. We're going to use. We got to exercise church discipline here." <laughs> but church discipline needed to be exercised for the last 20 years on teaching and being the right people, like having human relationships, strengthening each other, encouraging one another, building one another up into love and faith. So there's no, there's not enough love in the relationships to keep them going throughout our lives. So I guess that's my critique of that, which was started on Twitter over whether a woman should be have authority over, over men or not. And so I'm saying that eh, the authority thing is overblown 
and the Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, I'll look it up here, that I read this morning in my, my routine that I've got going. Where is my Hebrews? Hebrews 2. There it is. So the last thing he says is, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. So my, my point would be, now that we all have the scriptures, we can read that. We don't have, who's able to help us? God is able to help us. Jesus is able to help us directly. We don't need the elders and pastors to tell us what to do. That's kind of my, my um, beef, so to speak. And I'm just a general anti-authority guy because uh, I just don't, I think people are so distracted by their own self-interest that what is their authority good? I mean, I mean, I see that we do need authority, and I, in general areas, I will respect the authority, but not in all areas. And maybe, you know, I'm, I have my black slice, I have my weaknesses, so maybe I should listen to some authority in some area, and maybe I'm stubborn and don't do it. I don't know. So what? I'll, I, maybe I'll get better, but the main thing is for me not to, you know, love and appreciate this authority figure a human it's to be close to God and the Holy through the Holy Spirit and walk in the Spirit sola spiritu ambulatio that's what it is the sick sola folks so um, come on but we got to get home for the in a few minutes so um, lots of thoughts every day of course walking the dog so I said earlier that I have no dog in the hunt of the uh, woman being authority of the church and I said the only dog I have is buds who I'm walking and that's what people should just walk their own dog that's the philosophy don't have a dog in the hunt but walk your own dog wow deep thoughts Um, What else? What else? So, um, podcasting, I did mention the deleted version was probably, could you imagine Paul just kind of walking around from Athens to Corinth and uh, having a podcast the whole time? He probably wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know if he would do it. he He might get there at some point. So, for 40 years, he was... He was uh, writing stuff, but going places and speaking to different cities. And uh, if he had a podcast, you know, he would do it. He used to say that he's not a very eloquent speaker, so maybe his podcast wouldn't be so popular. But, um, yeah, my brain went to Acts chapter 17, which is one of my favorites. Um, I hope it's not 18, but I'm pretty sure it's 17. The Areopagus in Athens. So Paul's kind of cruising through the city, and they ask him, Hey, man, you're teaching some interesting stuff. We have a, we have a whole stadium for this kind of discussion. We, we've got a whole building. Why don't you come and, and tell us what, you th- what your ideas are, what you think, right? So um, Paul goes there, and it's, uh, they describe it as the Areopagus as the place where 
men would sit around all day and do nothing. They would do nothing but talk about the latest ideas. Which always cracks me up when I read that. I love reading that. So what that means is is they... Uh, um, they uh, just sat around and did nothing but talk about the latest ideas. So that's kind of like... Uh, today's CNN and, and Fox News, right? They, they have 24-7 opinions coming out. People just sitting around doing nothing but spouting off the latest ideas, right? So, so the Areopagus was CNN and Fox News before, before uh, television and internet, satellite, TV and stuff, so... Nothing new under the sun. It just reaches people quickly and faster. And there's a, a lot of nonsense being spoken all the time. I did wake up this morning. I do like the um, Trumps over in Europe and Belgium. And he was talking about the Germans and um, making a deal with the Russians on a pipeline and billions of dollar deal. And, and yet Germany doesn't pay enough for NATO and stuff for their defense against Russia. The irony of all that, right? And then the double irony of like people claiming that Trump is colluding with Russia, which his comments today about how Germany's being bad for doing a deal with Russia, putting pressure on Germany not to have such a deal, and how 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 kind of ironic and weird it is, right? And and yet it, it's it's a good question, right? What? <laughs> And and to me, it's like, how do, doesn't that kind of blow the theory that Trump is colluding with Russia over something? He wouldn't he wouldn't like challenge the Germans about getting 70 percent of their energy from a Russian pipeline. If if uh, that's certainly great for Russia to sell all that natural gas to Germany, and Europe. So um, what's the deal? I mean, Trump's just negotiating, doing the art of the deal, his art of the deal with uh Europe saying a USA is going to knock off the NATO spending. Why should we do that? So it's a good opening round. And it should um, cause, I mean, I don't know what the conspiracy theories are going to be for the never-Trumpers and the conspiracy theories on those that don't like Trump and who think he's colluding with Russia. How can they explain that? But I'm sure there's going to be a good conspiracy theory being written as we speak about why Trump could be criticizing the German-Russian deal and yet really be in secret collusion with Russia. I don't know. I just, it's, it's interesting. You know, maybe it's just the first step in peace and we just eliminate NATO and uh, this Cold War concept is over because Look, you Germans, you're getting 70% of your energy from, from Russia. So what's the big deal? Come on. Come on, bud. Got to get home. So, um, yeah, where was Aragopagus? He's on his way to Corinth after that. So he had his, Paul had his day and Aragopagus speaking. And they were just, they did nothing but listen to the newest ideas. What a great thing. The Areopagus podcast. I did. I did have that going on um, Google Hangouts with my my buddy in South Carolina, and we were the Are- Areopagus. 
talking because he has a he has a bit of a dulcet tone himself. He's a baritone in the choir. Nice deep voice. So but we, you know, it's kind of hard to control that when the two of us are going because I would I mean, I kind of let him go off on his tangents and I'd try to get on my tangents and things. It's, it's interesting. Maybe I'll do that again. It's kind of fun. Um, what else was I saying? So the, these organized religions, I think, are... It's kind of like people, they, they teach about how to... Like it's really important for all of us to spend time in the Word, in the Word, right? That's the scriptures. So these are all like internal cultural phraseologies that American Christians talk about a lot. So being in the Word, you know, I mean, studying your Bible, and unfortunately they still, because the sermons on Sunday are verse pluckers, and they just pluck verses out to fit their agenda, they don't really teach anyone how to read the Bible as it was written. So, I mean, I read it like, okay, Paul wrote this letter, and then he wrote this letter, and then he wrote that letter, and I kind of read them in that order and I just do a chapter at a time and make notes and spend about a half hour to an hour in the morning just kind of journaling my thoughts what's going on in my life and it's and it's back to the Holy Spirit and God God has authority over my life God is involved in my life this is 2018 this is not like 218 the second century 18 this is this is 2018 so, you know, these guys love to stand up there and authority in the pulpit on Sunday morning and say, you know, you need to spend time in the Word. Well, no one, it's like they t- say that, but then they don't model it. And it is good. Every day, do it. Every day. And unfortunately for them, I challenge their authority then. It's like, I've got the Word. Uh, what is your authority? You're going to tell me what the VBS theme is. Wow. The VBS theme, that's significant. Whoa, you got authority for that. Okay, you can have it. But what else? What else is your authority? You're going to tell some guy through church discipline and I not to have an affair. Okay, great. You feel it's like a big, woo, church discipline, whoa. And it's like, I don't want any part of that. You know, you want to do that? Fine, I don't know. I just want to love the guy love his family and love people and and then I ask what's the root cause of that it's probably it's not lack of church discipline that got that there it's, it's lack of church teaching that teaches us about love how do we love one another that's where the breakdown is so but they they feel comfortable with their church discipline authority as a corrective action to something which is too late it's too late for that you got to live with the you know you want to claim the authority go ahead take the responsibility that you guys are blowing it you know you guys just flat out suck (laughs) it's netflix time this is what i kind of laugh about is netflix came along streaming and uh then Blockbuster Video, where we used to go rent videos, they just went out of business because it's inconvenient to submit to the authority of Blockbuster. And uh, I'm going to have to talk real loud now because the 
landscapers are blowing stuff around out here. Let's see if I can get Buddy past this section here. And uh, lots of uh, blowing of stuff here on Wednesday morning. So, um, Netflix to Blockbuster Video. So Blockbuster Video had their authority to make you uh, uh, rent their movies because they were the only place to get it. And they had Blockbuster Discipline, which meant that if you didn't return your DVD in three days, you know, you were charged a late fee. So that's your Blockbuster Authority Blockbuster Video. Well, and they probably had the Blockbuster Statement of Faith, right? So you sign up with Blockbuster and say, okay, I agree to the terms of renting DVDs from you. So you, you did it, right? And uh, so you came up and did that and you were agreeing to the statement of blockbuster faith. But then Netflix comes along and frees everybody from having to rent, drive to DVD, drive to Blockbuster, get a DVD, take it home, watch the movie, and bring it back. That's all over. We can Netflix it, stream it, and uh, that's where I kind of see my vision, so to speak, is, and it's not spiteful, it's, I just don't, I think these organized churches can go away. They're worried about, I mean, I think the millennials, there's a general trend, millennials aren't participating and they don't like it. So, because they're exercising blockbuster statement of faith, uh, authority and discipline when they know Netflix is out there and blockbuster is in denial that Netflix exists. So they go out of business. They don't adapt. They don't change. Wow. I've come up with an analogy that certainly they won't like it because they're gonna hang on to their authority and self-preservation. Where do they get their income from? The corporation, the church corporation. So they're gonna keep telling themselves how important they are more and more, more strenuously, coerce more and more people into compliance. And that's not, that's really not a biblical thing. You can read it. This is what Martin Luther got in trouble for. He read the scriptures, sola scriptura. So I'm saying sola spiritu ambulatio and uh, love people. So I love those guys at the Blockbuster Church. They're kind of stuck in their ways. And they don't, they're not, they haven't had the epiphany, the paradigm shift to see it. And that's okay, they'll keep doing their VBS and Awana clubs and having kids verse pluck and develop this habit of verse plucking things to make them feel good. But, it's no good. So I got to end the podcast here. 
and uh, take care of some business. But I hope you enjoyed that installment. It's actually, I feel pretty good about it. I think there's a lot of blessing and encouragement and love in there for everybody. So keep loving people and uh, we'll go from there. So bye-bye.